Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I'm joined as always by Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Adam? I'm doing great. We have a lot of really fun book recommendations today. We to do. Talk about. So how about you let everyone know what we're going to be discussing today? It's a little bit different. It is a little bit different. So, um, like many book nerds. Many book nerds, yes. We are big fans of Book Riot, the yes. website. And every year they put out their Read Harder Challenge, which is a list of, I think it's like 20 to 25 different types of books that um, they sort of challenge you to read throughout Mm -hmm. the year. And if you do manage, there's a little form you can fill out. Yeah. If you do read all of them, you get like a discount on their shop or whatever. But even if you don't care about that, it's just sort of a fun way to maybe get outside of your reading comfort zone and read different types of books Mm -hmm. that you would not normally be attracted to. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you're not super well-versed in some of these different themes or genres, that might be tricky to come up or, you you know, you don't know where to go to find titles. Yeah. So we decided, um... We might do this more than once throughout the year, but... Yeah, I, I think we definitely will. Because there, there's so many. There are so many, yeah. So we decided to pick, um, I think we're doing five today. Yeah, we did correct? five different ones today. So we picked five from the list of the, the 2017 Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge. And we're just sort of going to give you some options mm-hmm. um, for books that we would maybe recommend that fit those. Right. And so the way that we did this is... Jill and I actually went off separately and we picked these five different, we picked the five different um, kind of categories that we're going to talk about together and we went off separately and researched books and as always didn't tell each other what we were going to be talking about, but we nailed it. We had no uh, repeats on our lists, which I think is, which might just be a little bit of you and I knowing each other well enough (laughs) to know what the other one might pick. Right. Um, But like you said, the, it's. I love reading outside of the genres that I would normally read, and this is a perfect way to do it, but because they're genres that I might not normally read, don't always know what books. So these are just suggestions from us. Um, If you want to do some research on your own, and then, of course, let us know what you're reading, you can always do that. Um, So the five different categories we're going to do is read an LGBTQ plus romance novel, Read a collection of stories by uh, by a woman. Scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> read a book by an immigrant or with a central immigration narrative. Read a book about sports and then travel memoirs. So we'll just do kind of what we always do when we have lists here. We'll just kind of bounce back and forth. Uh, do you want to kick us off with the read an LGBTQ plus romance novel one? Sure. So the something I will say something that um, Book Riot did a little bit differently this year is that they actually got recommendations of um, authors to contribute ideas right. for categories. And so this one actually came from romance author Sarah McLean, who I love. Mm-hmm. She uh, <laughs> she was the one on my my interview episode when you asked what I had recently finished reading um and I said a Scott in the dark that was one of her books yeah so I I'm a big fair uh Sarah McLean fan so I actually kind of like that she picked in an LGBTQ plus romance novel so um the first one on my list uh is uh Carry On by Rainbow Rowell Uh (laughs) it's kind of I I understand 
maybe a little surprising, but it is a romance. It's actually categorized as a romance. Well, maybe a little surprising in the sense of the genre, but not surprising at all that you would pick it. Not surprising (laughs) that I would pick it, but but it is a romance. And honestly, the best way I can describe this, which is um, maybe for people who aren't familiar with romance novels and then taking it a step further to LGBTQ romance, you know, um, this is basically a Harry Potter and, and Draco Malfoy fan fiction. Amazing. That's that's really the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. If you are familiar with um, Rainbow Rowell's fangirl, the, the character is writing a uh, fan fiction within the book fangirl, and this is sort of taken from that. And that's honestly the simplest way I can describe it is Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy yeah. fan fiction. It's really fun. Um, and then another one I came across is called The Sublime and Spirited Voyage of Original Sin by Colette Moody. Uh, I found this on the Mary Sue website. They said it's lesbian pirate romance. Can I tell you something? I saw that one, and I was like, I don't know why, but I felt like you were going to pick it. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't write it down. I literally saw that. I was like, oh my god, this looks like such a good book, but I feel like Jill's going to pick it, so I'm going to scroll past. I have no idea why. I don't know why. Maybe the pirate thing. I don't know. Oh my god, that's hysterical. Yeah, yeah. lesbian pirate romance. So cool. Plus, that's just a fun title. It's really Sublime good Sublime and Spirited Voyage of Original Sin. That might have been why. So there were some books that I actively ignored because I was like, well, that's a great name of a book. I bet I bet Joe will pick that as well. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, the first couple that I have, I initially was just going to say anything that David Levithan has written. Uh, this is kind of his jam, if you want to say, as a category. But I picked two specifically. Uh, one he co-wrote with John Green, which he does all the time. Uh, Will Grayson, Will Grayson. Uh, two Chicago teens, both named Will Grayson, uh, have their paths cross. And just, he does this all the time where he will, where he will write with another author. And um, they'll kind of go back and forth. They won't actually know where the story is going. They'll just like email each other back and forth, chapters at a time, mm-hmm. and things like that. This is one of those that he did. And then the other one that I picked that I'm a really big fan of is uh, Two Boys Kissing. Uh, This is one of his better known novels, and it's actually based on true events. And it's narrated by a Greek chorus of the generation of gay men who lost their lives to AIDS. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it follows the lives of uh, two boys, Harry and Craig are their names. There are two 17-year-olds that take place to take part in like a 32-hour kissing marathon, basically, to try and set a world record. Uh, and it's just the whole thing is really great and very poignant with kind of everything that's going on in our in our world today. And again, I, I love David Levithan. He was actually on our podcast. If you want to scroll back uh, a few months and, and listen to him talk, um, but yeah, I would again. Those are my two favorite David Levithan ones. So you are up. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry. Brain freeze. Uh, it's a little early. I haven't had my coffee yet. Okay. That's okay. So uh, the third one I have is Fever Pitch by Heidi Cullinan. Cullinan? I think it's Cullinan. Uh-huh. Um, which was the first gay romance to make the shortlist for the Rita Award for Best Contemporary Novel. I saw this one, too. <laughs> Continue to go. No, I just sort of think that that's kind of cool. Like, that's a reason enough to, you know, that the, the writer romance... Um, awards decided to sort of recognize this mm-hmm. one. I think that's a pretty um, significant uh, it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal. Um, okay, so uh, Fever Pitch is um, about uh, Aaron, this kid Aaron 
and he is ditched by a friend at a miserable summer farewell party. Um, all I can do is get drunk in the laundry room and gre- regret he was ever born until a geeky cute classmate lifts his spirits, leaving him confident of two things, his sexual orientation and where he's headed to school. Um, so it's, it's music as in, you know, that pitch part of it. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, again, I just think it's really kind of cool that it was recognized by the, the, the romance writers association yeah. as a, as a pick. Completely agree. Uh, another one is The Danish Girl by David Ebershoff. Is that how you pronounce that? I believe that is correct. Nice. Nailed it. Uh, this one is a little bit more well-known because it became a film starring Eddie Redmayne that had, I think, like four Academy Award nominations. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's loosely inspired by a true story. It's this portrait of a marriage that asks, what do you do when the person you love has to change? So uh, The Danish Girl is basically all about uh, it eloquently portrays the unique intimacy that defines every marriage and the remarkable story of Lily it's Elbe, E-L-B-E. Uh, she's a pioneer in transgender history and the woman torn between loyalty to her marriage and her own ambitions and desires. Uh, again, you might be familiar with the movie. A lot of people might not know that it came from a book. So. Mm-hmm. And especially that it came from a true story. Yes, absolutely. So that's my next one. Um, and I think we both have kind of three of each, so this might work well. So, yep. Uh, I have Roller Girl by Vanessa North. This one's actually from 2016, so just last year. I haven't read this one, but it looked interesting. Vanessa North's Roller Girl is a beautiful look at female relationships in their myriad forms. When Tina Durham, a newly divorced trans woman, wakes up t- to find a flood in her kitchen, she never expects the plumber she calls to be a woman who will change her life. Uh, the woman's name is Joe, and Tina and Joe struggle to resist each other romantically, and once they give in to their attraction, struggle to keep their relationship under wraps. Um, so I actively tried to find you know, one that had a trans characters and, you know, wasn't just gay and lesbian people. I wanted to make sure that we kind of hit everything in there. So that was Roller Girl by Vanessa North. And now we can move on to the next category, Joe. Okay. So next up is Collections of Stories by a Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, my first one, which I mentioned in the books I was looking forward to in the January 2016 episode, mm-hmm. is Difficult Woman by Roxanne Gay. Yes. I read it uh, last weekend. It's so good. Um, like a lot of her stuff, it is semi-autobiographical. Like, knowing what I know about her, I can sort of pick up the, the parts where um, she kind of put her own life into it. But, it, yeah, it's these short stories not connected other than the women are what would like society patriarchy would probably describe as difficult Mm -hmm. and they go like they go through a lot of things so i will say that uh i I recommended this to somebody with sort of like a trigger warning because some of the stuff again knowing roxanne gay um it might be a little difficult to read but I, i it was it was really good like it was just it covered a very wide range of topics um intrinsic to you know women's lives and and what we go through and it was i yeah it was good i recommend it she's awesome she's awesome yeah uh my first one is no one belongs here more than you by miranda july this is a collection of kind of eclectic character driven narratives and the thing that i really like about this is she takes like seemingly mundane or like unimpactful moments and in her daily lives and makes them turn out to be completely opposite so 
Uh, it won the Frank O'Connor International Short Story Award. And I, that's just something, anytime I think of really, really talented writers, they can take something like going to get the mail and turning it into a great story. And she is able to do this. Uh, it's really, really beautiful prose. And again, it just being able to do that is something that I'm always impressed by. So No One Belongs Here More Than You by Miranda July. Um, my next one is Self-Help by Lori Moore. This is an older collection. It came out in the 1980s. Um, I read it in college and it it just kind of blew me away. It was the first um, book I ever read where several of uh, the stories are written in second person narrative. Oh. Yes. That's interesting. <laughs> the one she is probably most well known for um, is How to Become a Writer. Mm -hmm. And it, it literally is like a step-by-step -step thing. Um, I'm pretty sure The Kid's Guide to Divorce is also written that way. <laughs> Um, how to be the other woman, you know, suggestions like it's just, mm -hmm. it's kind of fun. They're not all written like that, but several of them are. And it, it really, uh, was the first time I came across, um, that verse, you know, that particular narrative structure. Mm -hmm. It's just a fun, it's very, it's kind of has like a cynical, sarcastic tone to it, which definitely fits me. <laughs> talking about so that's self-help by laurie moore nice uh the next one i have is the thing around your neck by chimamanda ngozi andi oh so close adichie i think it's adichie adichie oh man this is why we need an alexa we need an alexa in here to do this i know and i think you have another book by chimamanda i do later on, on as yes. well uh, i would recommend reading anything that she she's a ridiculously talented writer but the thing around your neck is a s collection of 12 short stories and they kind of explore the relationships between men and women, uh, between parents and children, and like Africa and the United States. She's originally from Africa. Um, so they're just, they're emotional and they're smart and they kind of tell a story throughout all of them that tie together, but they also stand on their own. And again, you'll talk about another one of her books a little bit later, but I struggled to say the name, but... Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. I think that's right. Okay, or Adichie. It's it's one of the two. Either way, we'll have it in our list um, that you can like, just click on the actual podcast here, and you'll see everything. Um, but yeah, anything she writes, I would highly recommend you read. Yes. Um, my third one is Willful Creatures by Amy Bender. This collection um, is described as contemporary fairy tales. There's a little bit of magical realism. Nice. Um, this is a place where a boy with keys for fingers is a hero. Women's children are potatoes. And a little boy with an iron forehead is born to a family of pumpkin heads. You know, I, I'm in. Right? I, that's Those sound like so much fun. They're, they're fun. They're fun. Yes. They're just, you know, surrealism. Mm -hmm. um, and she just writes really well. So. Yeah. There's some books where you really just have to say one sentence and I'm in. And right. you nailed it. Yeah. Um, my last one for this is Almost Famous Women by Megan Mayhew Bergman. This is from 2015. Uh, so in this book, Megan creates fictionalized accounts of women who did exist and were, as the title kind of implies, they were almost famous. So she takes women like Lord Byron's illegitimate daughter, Allegra, who only lived to the age of five, and paints this large life for her that she could have led and same thing like she writes one for james joyce's daughter lucia 
uh, or Beryl Markham, who people might recognize that name uh, because Paul McLean did a recent novel called Circling the Sun, which is all about oh, Beryl right. Markham. Yes. Yeah, so when I that's one that when I read Circling the Sun, I was like, I feel like I've heard this name before, and it was because of this almost famous woman. Um, I'm a big fan of stories that highlight women who may not have gotten their proper due. In fact, we did an interview last year with Marie Benedict, who wrote The Other Einstein, and that's one talking about Einstein's first wife, and same thing, Mm -hmm. a a woman who did amazing things, didn't get her proper due. And then Megan takes these characters who could have had fantastic lives, but no one knows they exist, and then writes fantastic lives for them. So, a lot of fun. Uh, Very much historical fiction, not... Right. Real recounts of their lives. So, yeah. That is my last one there. Okay. Uh, Next up is read a book by an immigrant or with a central immigration narrative. Mm -hmm. This is the one where I picked Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Oh, you said that so much better than I did. Good job. I told you I listened to the audiobooks. (laughs) Spectacular. (laughs) Um, She is an immigrant herself, and this book is also about um, an immigrant. Narrative. See, so it covers both of them. Nice. This is an or option, uh-huh. but this covers both. Um, so in Americana, Nigerian immigrants leave their military rule country and come to America where they have to grapple with what it means to be black for the first time. Um, and it was an NPR Great Reads pick, a Chicago Tribune best book, Washington Post notable book. I mean, it got, it got everything uh, when it came out a couple of years ago. So um and again she's an immigrant herself she's she's very well known um she covers you know feminism and and race issues so Mm -hmm. um my first one in here is going to be short because i'm going to talk about it at length in in the upcoming weeks Uh, pachinko by min jin lee uh i mentioned this a few times before that i was reading it and i think i mentioned about books i'm excited to read i'll be interviewing min in atlanta for the american library association winter meetings next week, so I don't want to talk too much about this, but Pachinko is, actually, it fits both as well. She was born in Korea. She's American. She's lived in America all of her life, all of her life, but she was born in Korea, so that does make her an immigrant, and Indeed. the story itself is set with a Korean family who moves to Japan, so they themselves are immigrants as well. Um, again, I'll get into it more in a couple weeks with uh, Min, but man, read this book. I feel like at the end of the year, gonna look back and say yeah one of the best books i read i finished on the second of january so i know right yeah yeah um i have the brief wondrous life of oscar wow by juno diaz (laughs) okay we apparently didn't look at each other's list too close i did have this one continue what a good book um the author was born in the dominican republic Mm -hmm. this book won uh i mean this one like everything all the awards (laughs) all the awards brief wondrous life all all the awards all the awards. Um, Oscar is a sweet but disaster- disastrously overweight ghetto nerd who uh, dreams of becoming the Dominican J.R.R. Tolkien, most of all finding love. But Oscar may never get what he wants, um, blaming the Fukuoka curse that has haunted his family for generations, following him on their epic journey from Santo Domingo to the USA. Um, this is just like... Yeah, all the awards. All the awards. All you need to know. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, fun story. Uh, he and Min Jin Lee are friends. I've seen them do uh, interviews together. Oh my god, that's amazing. Which makes me super happy. Um, so yeah. Uh, my next one is The Consequences of Love by Suleiman Adonia. It was written in 2008. 
This is a Romeo and Juliet story set against strict Muslim laws of Saudi Arabia. Uh, so this is actually Suleiman's first novel, is his debut, and it's described as sensuous and intensely a sensuous and intensely wrought story of a young immigrant and a girl behind a veil who defy law and risk their lives to be together. Um, so the characters, actually one of them is a young African immigrant, uh, and the other one is uh, from Saudi Arabia. So there's a little bit of everything. And again, I, I tried to pick books that felt very timely to mm-hmm. me with things going on in our country and all around the world. So that's The Consequences of Love by Suleiman Adonia. Uh, my last pick is another older one. I, you know, I picked some newer stuff, but I like yeah. going back. Absolutely. Them. It's the Joy Luck Club. Books are evergreen. Books are evergreen. Oh, the Joy Luck Club. You're just like, I, sorry. <laughs> Continue. The Joy Luck Club is so good. Uh, the Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. I'm, again, people are probably familiar with the movie, but it did come from a book originally. And it um, spans two generations, um, you know, a group of older Chinese women who uh, immigrated at some point in their lives, and then their daughters who've been raised here in the United States and Mm -hmm. sort of um, discusses the differences in the generations, both just in terms of how their lives and where they grew up uh, changes their perspectives and the sort of secrets um, mothers carry. It really is in a lot of ways as a mother-daughter story, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, good stuff. I'm a big fan of this one. And Amy Tan in general. Yeah. I actually have one more for this because I didn't want to talk about Pachinko for too long. So I found one more. It's The Secret Side of Empty by Maria E. I want to say Andrew. A-N-D-R-E-U. It's in 2014. um, And this one involves a high school age student that deals with being an immigrant. So Montserrat Talia is finishing up her senior year of high school. And while her classmates are anticipating college, she dreads the end of high school for one reason. She's illegal. She has no legal papers, and that means no college, no job, no future. Somehow she needs to figure out how to make a life for herself in this country. And I just, the more I thought, I haven't read this book, but the more I was thinking about it, I liked the idea of trying to let people realize that uh, immigrants can be any age, and people can be high school aged, and they can be an immigrant. And it just struck me as something that I'd never thought about. Like, you always think about immigrant families, you think of adults, how they're living their lives as an immigrant just seemed like a, a unique take on it to see how is a, a teenager, a teenage, mm-hmm. a teenage person or a teenager, either one of those would have worked, uh, how they're dealing with that situation. So good stuff. Yeah. On to the next one. On to the next one. I feel like this is the one where we're going to have a bunch. We have a bunch for this. Yes. So this is read a book about sports. Mm-hmm. So many. <laughs> so many. All right. So I'm going to do that thing where I'm a Clevelander. Um, <laughs> I actively didn't do this because I um, thought you might. So there's actually one that came out a couple of years ago and one that's coming out this year, both by the same author. Uh, the first one is The Whore of Akron. Uh-huh. It's awesome. <laughs> book. By Scott Rabb. Um, if anyone watched the Believe Land 30 for 30 documentary on ESPN, they would have seen Scott. He mm-hmm. was on there. But he um, he wrote this book shortly after LeBron left. Yes. <laughs> So really you can good. imagine how the tone is. However, um, uh-huh. so that came out a couple years ago. He has another one coming out this year um, called You're Welcome, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, the subtitle is How I Helped LeBron James Win a Championship and Save a City. 
So <laughs> such a good title. So the first one, the horror background is right after uh, LeBron left, and this is sort of once he came back, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, sort of Scott's uh, fun little perspective on on what happened after that. So mm-hmm. those are those are two sports picks. Yeah. So I want to mention this because when I was doing the research for this, I my brother who also works here who. Hasn't come on the podcast. We should have him on the podcast. I literally just, oh my God, we did this for over a year and just now I was like, you know, it'd be really funny if my brother and I, but they wouldn't be able to tell us apart, but that's okay. (laughs) Anyway, growing up, we are four years apart. We shared a room and we shared books and everything. And the books that we read when we were really, really young were the Matt Christopher books. So like the kid who only hits homers and center court staying and all these different books that uh, Matt Christopher wrote. And I kind of forgot about them until we were doing this, but um, if you go to overdrive.com and search Matt Christopher, you can find a bunch of these older, fun, kind of middle school sports types of books. Um, but uh, the two that I want to start out with are kind of sport adjacent. Um, one is Living Out Loud by Craig Sager and Every Day I Fight by Stuart Scott. Um, I have some people in my life who have beaten cancer. And um, so while they were kind of going through everything... These are some of the books that they read as inspiration. So, unfortunately, Craig Sager and Stuart Scott both uh, in the recent in the recent past passed away fighting their fight with cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these books are their kind of memoirs. And man, if you're looking for inspiration on how to live your life a little bit better, "Living Out Loud" by Craig Sager is the most positive book I've ever read. And "Every Day I Fight" by Stuart Scott is probably the most inspirational book I've ever read. So, those are my two kind of sad ones, but. I can't recommend them enough. They're yeah. outstanding. Um, you can we can go back and forth. I have more, but I'll let you. Go I have now. more too. Yeah, um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, which is about the founder of Nike and sort of how Nike became Nike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's funny. My I just this just occurred to me that uh, when I was researching this, my dad is a businessman. He loves books about entrepreneurs and, and sort of businesses. And somehow I've not yet recommended this book to him, <laughs> but I feel like I should. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be pretty on the nose. Um, yeah, so it's it's just sort of interesting as seeing, you know, you think of Nike's as a like, huge company, but obviously it had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And how their shoes, um, you know, prior to really Nike coming on, most running shoes were all the same. And, mm-hmm. and Nike... Um, try to do something different and so it's it's just a really interesting story to sort of see how it started from it's very very basic beginnings have you read this yet did you get a chance to read it i'm, I'm asking because did i read you dog yeah i did, did read you dog do they talk about steve prefontaine at all in there the like the really great runner, runner? Yes. yeah yeah they talk about um lebron gets a mention i mean yeah, they, they talk they about yeah. some of the yeah the um the athletes they've worked with over yeah the decades I like writing obsession is Steve Prefontaine. So I'm pretty curious. sure he gets mentioned pretty cool. significantly. Um, nice. It's, I mean, I read it like last year. But yeah. Out, but. No judgment. I just, I haven't read it. So I'm pretty sure he does get mentioned. That, nice. Yes. So that was a fun one. Cool. Yeah. Um, my next one is Fever Pitch by Nick Hornby, which second Fever Pitch yeah. of the day. Uh, so people might be familiar with the movie Fever Pitch that involved the Boston Red Sox. And um, who is it? Who was in that? I don't know. Um, oh, was that the Drew Barrymore one? Yeah, and then... And, oh, uh, what was the guy? When we had computers in front of us. Does he... Does a late night show. Was it, right? Anyway, I'll let you do that while I talk. Uh, so, the 
people are familiar with the baseball Jimmy movie. Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Good Lord. People are probably shouting that at us. Um, people are familiar with Fever Pitch, the baseball movie. However, the actual book written by Nick Hornby is about soccer. Uh, Nick Hornby is from Great Britain, and uh, Fever Pitch is all about his lifelong obsession with Arsenal Football Club. Uh, so I'm a huge English Premier League football fan, as they would say. Um, so this is, it's really fun. It's funny and, um, it is nonfiction, so it's kind of autobiographical, but Nick Hornby has been obsessed with Arsenal since he says the day he was conceived. Um, so if you're a fan of soccer, football, uh, I would highly recommend Fever Pitch by Nick Hornby. And again, a lot of people are surprised that it's not about baseball like people think it is. <laughs> that's, that's understandable. Yeah. Um... See, I have two that are Olympics related. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just had that happen. I think these actually both came out last year right around. They did right around the time of the Olympics. So that seems fitting. Um, the first is The End of the Perfect Ten by Devorah Myers. It's the making and breaking of gymnastics, gymnastics top score. Um, some people may not know that the, um, the scoring for the gymnastics changed um, a couple of years ago. Um, it used to be... Like, 10 was mm-hmm. what you were going Perfect for. 10. It was a 10, yeah, it was a 10 scale, and then that changed. Um, so this sort of talks about the kind of ramifications of that, what happened and why. Um, and then the games, a global history of the, the Olympics by David Goldblatt is just what it says. But, mm-hmm. you know, I like reading big history books sort of about one thing, uh-huh. kind of. Micro history, as we call them. Absolutely. The subject. Uh, can I th- delve in deep. Can I throw an Olympic one in there that I didn't have that I just thought of? Uh, Courage to Soar, which is Simone Biles. Oh, yeah. America's sweetheart, Simone Biles. Uh, that's It's her memoir talking about how she went from a you know, little tiny human to less <laughs> tiny superstar, amazing uh, Olympic gold medalist. So she is, by many accounts, one of the, if not the greatest gymnasts of all time. Um so she told her story, and if you ever get a chance, you should look up pictures of Simone Biles with, like, LeBron James and all that. Yeah, oh my god, I can't even imagine. You don't realize how how short all these gymnasts are, and then you see the next someone who's like really ginormous, tall. and it's just really funny. So, um, anyway, yeah. That actually triggered something in my brain. I think this category, I remember one of our coworkers, Liz, told me when she was looking at the Book Riot list, she's like, a book about sports. Like, that's a tough one, mm-hmm. depending for some people, because it's not a genre they have any interest in. Right. Um, but sometimes you can find books that fit the category that might be more in a category you like. So, um, You Will Know Me by Megan Abbott. Oh, that's really smart. It's about gymnasts. Yes, it is about gymnasts. And but it's a thriller. It is a love. thriller. That's really smart. Keep, See? You keep talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> we also interviewed her. We well, did. you did. Way back. When, so you can look up her thing, her interview. But um, yeah, you will know me is um, is all about gymnasts mm-hmm. and Olympic hopefuls, and and then um, I read the singles game by Lauren Weisberger, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote The Devil Wears Prada. This came out last year, and it's about tennis. Um, so it's you know it's Lauren Weisberger. It's mm-hmm. a it's a beach read, yeah. save it for summer. Yeah, but it's all about tennis. So see, there are sports books mm-hmm. out there that don't have to be feel very. Yeah. 
Um, sportsy, if that's not really your thing. Yeah, I have a few others, but if you listen to Megan Abbott, uh, speaking of sports and gymnastics, if you listen to that interview, you will hear my embarrassing story about how I grew up having a giant crush oh, on... Oh, that's right. Yeah, I grew up having a giant crush on Dominic Mochiano, and then I ended up going to college with Dominic Mochiano at John Carroll University in uh, Cleveland Heights, Ohio, and... Uh, I actually told Dominic Mochianu, the gold medal Olympian, that I had a crush on her, and her response was pretty awkward. I forgot all yep. about that. I'll never forget about that. Um, I have two more sports ones. Uh, they're by, they're both by Kwame Alexander, the crossover and booked. These are, uh, if you're looking, if you really are just trying to check off the, oh, I need a sports book and you want something really quickly, these are juvenile novels and they're written in verse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he won the Newberry, I believe. I think that's correct. I love. I believe he won the Newberry for the crossover, um, but man, they when you the, the, these are some of those books where even as you know juvenile children's books, I think people tend to think like, oh, it's not going to be well written because it's a children's book. No, when you read this and especially how it's in verse, you'll look at it and say, wow, that's. I just I every time I've read through these books, I'm like, this is something I could never do, and it's just truly amazing. So kind of like a. Modern day Susian way yeah. of looking at, at books. So. Yep. Kwame Alexander, look him up if you if you haven't yet. He's spectacular. Indeed. And he'll be in Cleveland. He will be in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm going to say about that for now. Uh, do you have other sports ones or are we moving on? We can move on. All right. Next up, we got travel memoirs. <laughs> so, I, no joke. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. We both did the same thing here. We were comparing lists and, uh, like, once we were all done with ours and I think for the first one for both of us, it was anything by Bill Bryson. Literally anything by Bill Bryson. It's just, I don't even know where to start. He, it's like he's cornered the market. He has cornered the market. My personal favorite is um, A Walk in the Woods. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people's It is. Um, I mean, I've read, I think, everything he's written. Um, but A Walk in the Woods is it's my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he decides to take on the Appalachian Trail. Um, it was made into a movie a couple of years ago. Yeah. But read the book. Obviously. I'll say about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's fun. And, uh, but yeah, he, he has done books about Australia, Europe, the United States. He just has a very funny, um, perspective. Mm-hmm. Actually, now that I think about this, he has immigrated to the, to the UK. That counts. That counts. I will say though, I, mean, I don't know if it really, I mean, yeah, we've joked about this in the past. If you're doing the Book Riot uh, challenge, <laughs> don't do the lazy thing and be like, this book is a travel book and it's from and it's immigrant and it's about sports. I know, but read one of, like, even if one falls into multiple categories, the point is to People get you to People have different, read. you know, they have different, like, lines on that one. So it's up to you. I take a hard stance. That's I want, fine. I want there to be a on book. On the paper, it says they count. <sighs> I want there to be a book next to each line and I want them to be different. That's my sassy take. Um, so there you go. Both yeah. sides are represented here. You know what? Read multiple Bill Brysons and write them down next to... There you go. Perfect. There you go. Uh, so my first one, other than anything by Bill Bryson, <laughs> uh, is Into the Wild. This one is relatively well-known. It also became a movie. Uh, it is the story of... I'll just, I've read it, but I'll just read you the description really quickly for you. Uh, in April 1992, a young man from a well-to-do family hitchhiked to Alaska and walked on into the wilderness north of Mount McKinley. His name was Christopher Johnson McCandles. He'd given $25,000 in savings to charity, abandoned his car and most of his possession. 
burned all of his cash in his wallet and invented a new life for himself. And then four months later, he was found dead by a moose hunter. So uh, basically, this is the story that kind of retells his journey and why he did what he did and how he did what he did. And um, yeah, it's really, really good. You may have read it in high school or college. Yeah. Uh, I believe I read it in college or something. But if you haven't, it's a good, quick read. Um, I'm a big fan. So. Okay, next up yeah. I have um, the book Undress Me in the Temple of Heaven by Susan Jane Gilman. She wrote, um, she's a memoir writer. She's written a couple. But in this one, um, in 1986, Susie and her friend Chloe, fresh-faced graduates from Brown University, um, depart on an epic trip around the world, starting with Hong Kong and the People's Republic of China. And then um, they, you know, things go a little... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, no, a little bit. But I mean, you know, they were um, utterly unprepared for their expedition and their experience uh, alternated between culture shock and exotic and uh, adventure until a near tragedy turned the trip into a true life international thriller. So she, um, she's just funny and um she i hope she has something come out soon because she hasn't had a book come out in a while but mm-hmm. yeah undress me in the temple of heaven susan j gilman read some of her other books too good nice. stuff. i have one that i have an agenda for suggesting uh one it fits both in sports and travel it's born to run by christopher oh, mcdougall yep. yeah you know. i almost put it on there but yeah yeah so this is an epic adventure that started with him basically asking why does my foot hurt he's a runner um, and so he did all this research and there's this group, uh, there's this tribe of Indians, the Tarahumara Indians, and basically they can run hundreds of miles without stopping, without getting hurt. It's, it, they're basically superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he did all this research to find out how they were able to do it. And then the book culminates actually with, uh, him pitting America's best ultra marathoners who run like hundred mile races against this tribe and, and seeing who would win. Um, so it's Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. If you want to read another running book, you can read Jill's memoir, Running with a Police Escort. Um, that one would fit under sports. It wouldn't fit under travel. Well, I... No. It just... There's not in the way that they mean. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. So born to, read Born to Run for your travel run, and then read Running with a Police Escort for your sports one. Um, okay, my final one. I am so excited for this one. I have an arc of it that I have not yet read yet, but... It's, like, next on my list as soon as I finish my other ones. It's Shark Drunk. The art of catching a large shrunk from a tiny rubber dinghy in a big ocean. You told me about this, and I haven't stopped researching it since. Okay, so, um, this, the author is Norwegian, and, um, it's Morten Struxness. I, sure. Apologies. Hey, Alexa. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, so um, shark. Just remember, shark drunk. It's shark about drunk. Um, the Greenland shark, and I remember hearing about the Greenland shark on NPR a couple months ago. Um, it is the oldest known. Like it lives the longest, like up to like yeah. On the on the high end, it's like five hundred years. It's like one hundred fifty to five hundred years. Their average is like three hundred years. Yeah, the shark lives. Anyway, um, what I didn't know is that its uh, skin is um, toxic. 
Yeah. Which is, yeah, that was the word. Toxic is the word. Yeah, it's, it's meat is toxic. I guess it's not skin. It's mm-hmm. meat is toxic. Um, and when consumed has been known to make people drunk and hallucinatory. So. Shark drunk. Shark drunk. <laughs> yes. So, um, the author, um, and his friend take a dinghy, a little rubber boat mm-hmm. and like travel the ocean trying to, um, find this, uh, shark. I mean, it, it lives in the, off the coast of Greenland, um, or at least Norway area. And so it's, it's a little bit of a reclusive. Yeah. It's hard shark. to find. It's hard to, it's very hard to find. Animals don't live for two to 500 years by being found easily. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so they, uh, together, the two men tackle existential questions, survive the world's most powerful male storm, male storm. I cannot. Male storm. Thank you. Uh-huh. And, and yes, it, get drunk because they attempt to understand the ocean from every possible angle. So I'm so excited for this one. I'm like fascinated by the Greenland shark, which is exactly what I told them when I was like, can I have an advanced reader copy of this book, please? <laughs> it's a, I, I cannot, I'm going to read this. I, I, I know. Yeah. I, like I, when I heard, I do, I remember hearing about its age thing and I was like, wait, how did I miss the whole toxic? Yeah. Meat There's thing? so much about this animal that, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, mm-hmm. I just want to come in on a Monday morning and you'll look at me like, oh, you look like you had a rough weekend. I got shark drunk. I'm just going to use that for the rest of my it's life. It's actually a fabulous idea. Yeah. Shark drunk. Yeah. Um, my last one for this is Carsick by John Waters. Ah. Uh, yeah. Almost had it. Yep. So, John Waters, uh, he is. <laughs> they just. I, I love his description. I, I listened to the audiobook of this. I would highly recommend doing that. Does he narrate it? He himself? does narrate yeah. it. Uh, but they. <laughs> They, the uh, publisher themselves describes him as America's most beloved weirdo, which I love. Yeah. Um, John Waters, at the age of 68, literally went all across America hitchhiking. He hitchhiked from one coast to the other. And, of course, it tells a bunch of very humorous stories about his hitchhiking experiences. And, um, yeah, he was 68 years old when he did this. And I just love everything about it. And, again, I... Most of these books, you'll probably be able to find audiobooks for as well. Uh, but this one, definitely, definitely listen to it. Uh, he actually has a sign while he, and he talks about this. He has a sign that says, I'm not a psycho. And yeah. that's like how he got people to pick him up. So, uh, yeah, Karsik, John Waters Hitchhikes Across America. Really good stuff. So, Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a good start. That's a good start. Like Joe mentioned, we'll do this a couple times throughout the year. We'll pick some of the different categories on the Book Riot. I would highly recommend, if there are any on the list that you are not sure about and specifically like, please feel free to email us. And Adam, where can I email us? We got a new real email now. Uh, so if you email professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com, you will get Jill and I, and we will answer all of your questions, and we will give you book recommendations and you know they can find us someplace else as well. We finally, finally, finally got a Twitter handle for ourselves. We so did. I couldn't do professional at professional book nerds, a lot of characters, and I couldn't just do PBN because that was right. already stolen. So if you look up at Pro Book Nerds, you'll find us, or just search for PBN Podcasts, you'll find us there as well. Or just look at Overdrive on Twitter. We are sharing a bunch of the podcast stuff so people start following it. But yeah, we are on Twitter and we have our own email, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. So yeah, we have our own stuff. We do have our own stuff. That My favorite thing was when uh, my director came up to me and was like, 
you should probably have your own Twitter handle and email for all of this. I was like, what a novel idea. <laughs> I so. feel very legit now. I know. We're, we're at some point. We're not we're, just those two weirdos doing that podcast. Well, we're still those two weirdos doing that podcast. We are. People know who we are a little bit now. So yeah, we're on Twitter and we have an email and connect with us because we want to tell you more books that you. Yes, read. for uh, sure. Yeah, and then, of course, you can always go to overdrive.com and find millions and millions of books, including recommendations from our podcast. We have our professional book nerds podcast reading list there mm-hmm. as well, which we update every single week. Um, yeah, those are all the things, right? I think that's everything. Cool. Um, all right, I hope you guys enjoyed this, had a lot of fun. We enjoyed doing the research for these and finding books for ourselves as well. So, Anything else you want to tell them? No. All right, well, cool. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hey, nerds, I'm Sarah, the Paper Nerd, and if you've ever wondered what goes into that greeting card you just sent or received, well, quite a lot. Get your paper fix on the paper fold where I host an enchanting mix of personalities and players all nerding out on my favorite topic, stationery. From the designs of our snail mail communications to the precious space created when two people correspond, there's a lot to cover. So come grab a seat in the stationery community's only five-star paper salon, The Paper Fold, now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network.